Before we get into the episode, I'd like to take this moment to remind everyone that we are running our first giveaway. We will be running this giveaway until Thursday, April 28th at midnight. We are giving away a scale mail dice bag, a chainmail owl keychain, and a set of dice. To enter to win one of these three items, all you need to do is like and share our posts on Twitter and follow us there at dice underscore heist. Or you can like, share, and follow our post on our Dice Heist Podcast Facebook page. You can find links to both posts in the description. The three winners will be announced in Episode 9 on May 2nd. Don't skip out on a chance for some cool stuff. And even if you don't win, you're doing us a huge favor by sharing these posts and increasing the visibility of the show. Don't forget to tell anyone and everyone about the show, so you have someone else to discuss your fan theories with. I think that's all for now. Please enjoy Episode 5 of Dice Heist. Last time on Dice Heist, the group takes a short rest in the alley as they decide they need to get cleaned up before they head to the IHA Silver Sail. As they rush to Adams, the group runs into three guards, and Bertram quickly outsmarts them, convincing them that the sounds from a minor illusion spell are gangbangers attacking an old lady. Once they get to Adams Manor, they enter in through the service door where Adam immediately begins packing food for their luxury airship ride? Bertram, seeking a bath, takes one look at the servant's washroom and instantly demands to use the family washroom instead. Dirk, realizing he needs a bath and a change as well, follows Bertram upstairs. Bertram summons an unseen servant to wash him as he enjoys all of Adam's soaps and oils. After Bertram finishes packing up all but a few of the soaps and oils, he helps Dirk get his edgy nobility look just right. Dirk gets a little nervous when Bertram gives him a shave, feeling uncomfortable with someone holding a blade so close to his throat. As Adam awaits the return of his friends, he begins to get anxious as the sun is coming up and the servants will be coming in soon. Bertram, noticing voices, listens in on a conversation between Adam's parents and hears them refer to the god of the Fae, Ibris, as their master. In his excitement, he is nearly caught, but quickly mimics Adam's voice to get himself out of a stickier situation than he realized. When Adam hears about this, he becomes a little more pale than usual, and refuses to discuss the situation any further. When they leave Adam's home, he has one last stop at a drain around the corner from his home. To say goodbye to his rat acquaintance. Upon attempting to leave, the rat decides that he wants to go with Adam, to Dirk's dismay. With nothing left to do before heading out, the group heads to the gates, where Bertram has to bribe the guards to exit the city. Once they reach the ship, they expect to be met with more resistance, but after Hacknick does something to test the validity of the ID medallion, they are accepted as who they say they are. The group is welcomed to the IHA Silver Sail as honored guest by Captain Nardell and the ship's security officer, Zaza. and see what we can get away with. I'm Bronson here. I'll be playing Adam Baduva, my rogue wizard. Aaron, how about yourself? I'll be playing Bertram Dirgestride, our human bard, and uh, over to you, Nick. And I'm Nick, and I will be playing Dirk Vilgoth, the male arcane trickster. Over to you, DM. Hey, guys. uh, This is Raceland, your DM for this game. And today we're finally getting into the ship that everyone has been waiting for, 
the IHA Silver Sale. And our party has just finally been given admittance into the ship and was walking in as we finished our last episode. Here they are walking in on a very elegant hallway. It has decorative sconces all down the wall, all lit. And you notice that there aren't actual flames within these sconces, but almost these small orbs of light, kind of similar to what you would expect with a light spell. This seems kind of wasteful to have, you know, a magic item that creates these light orbs all across the ship, but this is high society that you're dealing with now. The passenger's director motions to Zaza, the security officer, and says, please follow her. She will lead you to your quarters. She gruffly nods at you and nods her head down the hallway. Okay. Before we uh, take off, Dirk mentions to Hatnik that he must speak with him privately about an urgent matter. Very well. We are still waiting for six more guests to arrive. So if you be be so kind to wait till they arrive, or you can come out here on the beach with me and wait. I will come out to the beach with you and speak with you quickly. Okay, that sounds fair. But Zaza, please take the other two to the room, and I will address uh, Sir Frederick Wells here. Again, uh, what was your compatriot's names? I didn't catch that. This is Bertram Dirtstride and Adam Vaduva. Ah, I see. Very nice to meet you, too. And he motions to you as you both exit the ship and step out onto the sand. And he he waves up to the captain. And the captain presses a button by the gangplank, and it folds up. So, Sir Frederick, you wish to speak to me? Yes. Dirk looks around to make sure that there's nobody else within earshot. We're safe here. While undercover... My, companion, my companions and I discovered that the local cl- crime lord, Gandon, has a plot to attack the Silver Sail. It was impossible to get exact information, but I did hear from eavesdropping on some of Gandon's henchmen that the attack will be catastrophic in being led by his most skilled operative. This man is known by several names in these parts, including the Shadow, the Assassin, the Knife in the Dark, etc., He is extremely dangerous and known for blending into any environment and striking a fatal blow before disappearing without a trace. I would anticipate infiltration, crew impersonation, sabotage, possibly explosives, possibly assassination, and looting. They may already be on board and enacting their plan, so we must be vigilant if we are to stop them. I see. Well, this is very troubling news. However, I think it is very lucky that you, Sir Frederick, are being transported aboard this ship. I hear this is something of a speciality of yours. Indeed. To catch assassins for the city of Agelfia. I will speak to our captain. He handles the books, we'll say. But I can guarantee that the company will compensate you for bringing this individual down. Very well. I would advise you to put your security detail on high alert. That is precisely what I'll do from here. I will speak to my captain and uh, Zaza, our security officer. I can trust them explicitly, and they should be able to help you in this endeavor. However, being on the outside of this yourself, you will have a better view of the other passengers and our crew. We wish to make things seem as if they are happening as normal because our guests are highly... Let's just say that there is a very volatile group aboard this ship. I understand discretion. I I can speak with you a little bit more on who exactly is with us later, but let's just say that that... 
Let's just say that there are three metallic dragonborn flying aboard this ship. And I am not very happy about it, but... Agelfia feels it is necessary to reach out to them. Understood. Do you suspect they may be a problem? I suspect that the ancient hostilities of our people will rise again. They blame us for the death of their dragon kin when all we did was not save. Understood. I will put my investigation team to work immediately and we will do our best to find any saboteurs. Last thing though, I need you to keep it secret that you are working for us. I will meet with you privately whenever there is anything we need to speak with you about as we do not want to alert our guests to this as one of them might be this assassin. Understood. As you can tell from before, discretion is one of my specialities. I can see that, and that is very reassuring to me. Why don't we rejoin your friends aboard the ship, and you can get settled in, and why don't we do an early tour, just the three of you? Excellent. Much appreciated. So, Hatnik leads you back into the ship. You enter in, and uh, we'll kind of jump back to... Um, we'll jump back to Bertram and Adam. You guys find yourselves walking down these hallways, and there are stairs that go down, and the word stair is used very lightly here. They are more like ladders that are slightly angled. You are led down and to the back of the ship. When you reach there, there is a very elegant door. And on the plaque on the door, it says, Sky Suite. Zaza opens the door for you. And inside is a fairly large cabin for a ship at all. Uh, You would guess that this is larger than most captain quarters aboard any sailing vessel that is out there on the sea now, even the largest of them. You guys are led into this room, and there are uh, three beds within this room. Uh, included, there are also trunks, and there is even a mini bar off to one side, and a small washroom that is just divided uh, from the regular living space by a curtain. Zaza says to you, Go ahead and set your stuff down, settle in, and uh, Hetnik and I will be back for you shortly. Please enjoy your stay aboard our wonderful vessel. And she closes the door behind you, and you can hear her walking off down the down the hall. Now, one of the first things that you guys notice while you're in the ship is the motion of. Now, we'll say that you have been aboard a sailing ship before, but it's, it's a much different feeling. It kind of feels like you're bobbing up and down, straight up and down, though. Whereas on a sailing vessel, it's kind of like it's a rocking. Right. And it's, it's a little unsettling to you at first. So go ahead and make a constitution check for me, both of you. Gonna get sky sick. As Dirk is on his way there, should he make one as well? Yeah, he can make one too. You're just gonna come in here in a few moments. That is a natural 20. 20. Wow. Alrighty then. I have a 21. Okay. Uh, 12. Okay, yeah, that's no problem. Uh, Dirk, you're having a little bit, a little bit of trouble adjusting. It's almost like you're, uh, you're a little off balance, uh, more so than you would be normally. But you're able to make your way there, and Hacknick leads you directly to the room. You approach, and he opens the door as you see Adam and Bertram just kind of like oogling at this, this estate room that you're in. And then as Dirk enters and sees it, his eyes go wide as he's never seen anything this nice. Aside from maybe stuff in Adam's place. Yeah, so Adam's house is nice. This is nicer. <laughs> yeah, even Adam is like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like you've been to a few dinner parties of actual lords, and this is what their house looked like. Shit. So yeah, you guys kind of, you can unwind here. Hatnick says to you, I will be back in 
we'll say half an hour. I have to wait at the bridge before I'm relieved of duty. But from there, we can go and I can give you a private tour of the ship. Very well. So is there anything you'd like to do in this room? Once they leave and close the door, uh, Dirk gets both Adam and Bertram's attention. I told them about the impending attack. He said that he will put his security detail on high alert, but we are to lead the investigation discreetly on this ship to uncover the saboteurs and hopefully prevent this attack. As I am Sir Frederick Wellesley, my title and experience told him that I would be perfect for the job. So now we may have a bit more than we can chew, but we need to do the best that we can. Adam's shoulders will kind of like sag a little bit as he's expecting some stressful shit to go down on this ship, but he'll take take out his journal, open it up. Is there is there something akin to a, a like a fucking mechanical pencil <laughs> in this world? I imagine taking out a, a quill and ink would be like annoying for how often Adam writes. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that things were taken down down just chalk, or not chalk. I'm sorry, uh, charcoal. Charcoal. Okay. So you could have a sharpened piece of charcoal that you say have something wrapped around it so that your hands don't get nasty or whatever like that. Um, Just very similar to, like, a regular pencil. Perfect. Okay. Don't worry, later you'll meet the creator of the ballpoint pen. (laughs) 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 All right, Dirk, let's start at the beginning. Yes. So we are discreetly hired to lead the investigation and put a stop to whoever is planning this attack on the ship. It is very likely that they are already on the ship or they will be shortly. Hatnick also mentioned that there is possible conflict that may arise uh, between the chromatic and metallic dragonborn on the ship as they are from opposing ethnicities. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say like, what? It, that sounds right, though. Ethnicity sounds. <laughs> that sounds like the appropriate term. <laughs> bit a bit of history for the world right now. I think this is important to note. This is kind of common knowledge, but the metallic dragonborn normally live to the western side of the known world, and the chromatic dragon almost exclusively live only in Egelfia. Now, the two of them have a great deal of differing opinions on the existence of dragons and whether or not they should be allowed to continue to exist. However, in the last hundred years, there are only a very few select dragons who have survived. Whereas the metallic dragonborn were once led by their metallic dragon leaders, or metallic dragon cousins. They have died out in the last couple hundred years, and for some reason, they're all but extinct now. Um, And the chromatic dragonborn, at one point, split from their chromatic dragon cousins, and even fought against and killed most of them, and then fled to what is now the city of Agelthia. This was because they just chose to no longer be subdued and oppressed by their cousins. They felt that all dragonkind, metallic and chromatic alike, did not deserve to exist in this new world. And because of that, they actually shunned their metallic dragonborn relatives. Wow. So there's kind of this this feud still between them, but from what you were told by Hatnick, it seems like the chromatic dragonborn are trying to reach out towards these metallic dragon to kind of make peace with them because the dragons are gone all but gone honestly you you personally know of a single red dragon to the south and rumors of a white dragon 
far, far to the north, who many assume to just be dead. So your your knowledge of dragons is they're on their way out of this world. So like is the is the whole species just dying off in general kind of over time or uh, it seems like these creatures were on the verge of godhood and the prime material plane could no longer sustain them. So they are unable to survive in this new and growing world. Nobody's putting up with their shit anymore. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's that's really what happens with at least the... Uh, with the chromatic dragons, that's exactly what happened. Um, however, with the metallic dragons, there was at least rumors of infer- infertility issues. Even they didn't want to put up with their own shit. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> their their genetics said, nah, fuck you. As, as we're still in the room talking, Dirk says to the other two... I apologize if you two did not want me to reveal your true names, but he asked me your names, and in order to not stumble and bring suspicion, I needed to give names quickly. And so I revealed your names, unfortunately, but since I am the only one that needs to impersonate someone else, I figured that won't be much of a complication. I'm just going to scream into a pillow. <laughs> as, as Adam keeps writing in his notebook, it's past us now. Just have to accept it at this point, Bertram. Yes, well, sorry. Just had to let that out. Um, I, I, I apologize. I do not have the quick wits as you do, Bertram, to create names on the fly like that. No, it's your wits that slow you down is what I'm always telling you. Adam, we will need your keen eyes to be extremely observant for anything suspicion. We will keep an eye out as well and be investigating heavily, but this seems to be your speciality. And Bertram, you, your uh, talents with interpersonal skills will be vital for investigating as well. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, well, we we are conscripted. We have to help. Otherwise, our whole ruse comes apart at the seams, and we are done in. So, yes. Yes. Of course I'm going to help. Thank you, my friends. Well, let's start playing the part. Let's. Uh, where do we begin? And as you say that, Bertram, you look over and you see the complimentary minibar. Ah, there we begin. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna eat a couple maraschino cherries and pour myself a a cocktail, I guess. Yeah, so you pour yourself a cocktail and you take a sip and this is top shelf. All of this is top shelf. You've experienced this a few times before because... You enjoy the finer things in life, so you've saved up before just to have that one really nice night out so you can have those nice cocktails at the bar that you definitely should not be in. But (laughs) this is better than that. Dirk will say, I will join you for a moment. We need a quick moment's rest before we get back to work. And so so Dirk walks over and he pours himself a shot and just, All right, here's to not dying. (laughs) And throws it back. Okay, no problem. So, we are going to actually take a quick second, and you guys are going to need to make a decision here. You have several hours before the ship will take off. So, before the rest of the guests should be most definitely here. You guys can do one of two things. You can either now take a long rest within your room, and afterwards go on your tour of the ship with Hatnick, and he can show you around so you can kind of scope out what might be possible points of interest and things like that. However, if you do not do that, you will each need to make constitution saving throws, DC 20, or you'll become exhausted, and you'll gain one point of exhaustion, as you guys have been up since yesterday morning, and it's about, we'll say, 8 o'clock in the morning now. 
Shit. <laughs> so, mm. what is your choice? Hmm. And this does not need to be a group choice. If you individually each want to do something different, or you as a group decide that one of you doing something different is a better option, please feel free to do so. I think at least one of us should go on the tour first while the other one or two gets rest and we will take shifts as we take turns getting rest and keeping watch and investigating. I'll go on the tour. Well, can't we rest and then go on the tour? There is a chance that if we rest first, we may miss something. They may already be on board, or they may be coming right now. If we all rest now and give them several hours on the ship to do whatever they want, that may be catastrophic. I agree. We need to gather information during this time, and if necessary, interrupt the plans of our assassin. Well, I'm going to be rather useless without uh, some Shaddai. All right, Bertram, you get some rest. We will take the tour, and then we will also get some rest after. Okay. So Bertram heads off to bed, and Adam and... With my drink. Yeah, with your drink. Yeah, you're just sipping it. Yep, you're just holding it in your hand while you do it. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, Adam and Sir Frederick Wellesley... Go ahead and roll me a uh, constitution check. Now, remember, it's a DC 20, so it's very, very difficult for you guys to succeed. No, not even close. I got seven. That's fine. So I got 18 plus... So it's a plus three for my constitution, so that's 21. Barely. Dirk did succeed. Dirk, you do not gain one point of exhaustion. Adam you do gain one point of exhaustion. Now, the negative effects of your first point of exhaustion is disadvantage on skill check. I know. (laughs) Adam would uh, want to speak to Dirk real quick. Okay. Dirk, it, it may be necessary at some point if I give you the signal and nod in a particular direction. You might already know what it is before I target, but during this tour, I may try to distract the guy at that time. If you could go investigate a particular area that may or may not be off-limit to us, it might be a useful source of information. I don't know if we're going to run into that, but I figured I'd throw that out there in case we plan for it. Okay. If there is something you need to point out to me, um, simply give me a little tug or give me eye contact and then look to what, whatever it is you're looking at. And then we will, and then I will uh, do what I must to, in- to investigate. Okay, let's go. All right. Okay, so uh, you guys just kind of chill out for a little bit because Hatnick was told you that in about a half an hour he would come back to take you on this tour. You wait for a short period of time, and Hatnick comes back knocking on the door. You answer, of course, and he says, Are the three of you joining me for a tour? Our one compatriot needs some rest, but um, he will join us uh, later. But for now... Us two will join you for the tour. I see. That makes sense. Uh, Can we actually step into your quarters for a moment? Of course. So he he ushers you in, and he is holding a piece of paper in his hand. And it has, uh, he he says, this is a crew manifest. I wish to uh, go over it with you. We have several parties traveling with us today, and I just want to make sure that everything goes smoothly. So, it is very important to note that 
Again, like I said, this is a very volatile trip because of the metallic dragonborn traveling a pool. Isn't this some good quality music? This is Nature Claimed Ruins, Hallowed Grounds by Mark Colette from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content, access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice Heist. a total of six groups traveling with this ship today. Adam's going to take out his journal and begin recording this information. The first group, obviously, is yourself. That's easy. You know who you are. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. The second group is probably our lowest class guests. And actually, you might recognize them. The uh, small family of halflings that was at the dra- drunken breeze the other night, they're, they're aboard the ship now. The father is uh, Horos, the mother is Yoyola, and the adult daughter that is traveling with them is Annalyn. Okay. Uh, these three seem to be simple. They're just traveling. Seems like they're trying to get away, and they're of well means, so they can afford a trip such as this. On top of that are other guests. You will note the three dwarves. It seems that one of them is a prince of the dwarven kingdom to the south of here. Uh, His name is Yofit. And he's traveling with two of his bros, he calls them. I'm not sure what that means, but they are a rowdy bunch. And he says something about this is his bachelor party. I don't know what those are, but... This dwarven kingdom is located where? Uh, to the south of here. You would know it better than I. Okay. Uh, from there, we have a elven delegate who is coming to Agelfia to discuss purchase of certain vessels from our water transportation company. Uh, They are traveling with three others. His name is Orion, uh, and he is traveling with three companions. They they seem simple, but it looks like they are a high buyer for the metal sailing ships that Egelthia has to offer. From there, I mentioned already the dragonborn these three each represent households within within the country of Drakehaven. Uh, the first is Goldith 
who is a lord of the city of Arexridge. His title is not important, but uh, the other two delegates. The second is uh, Dilrid, who is a female bronze dragonborn. And she is representing Terdur Keep. And finally, there is uh, Shaldrax, who is a male silver dragonborn. And he is actually the leader of this expedition. He is a High Lord of High Heart, which is another city to the north of Arexridge. That is the Dragonborn Delicacy. Uh, finally, there is one last group that is aboard here, and he seems kind of annoyed when he speaks about him. There is a human philanthropist who seems to think that he can sell his ill-gotten wares in Agilfia, but I will not judge as he has paid his due here. His name is Broden. Broden Nohan. He is a very sketchy individual, and he's traveling with two guards, and I say that very, very loosely. He calls them Dick and Rick. They are very, <laughs> very quiet, and I don't think they're entirely human. Hmm. They seem to have some sort of orc heritage in them. I see. So now you have a good understanding of the crew manifest, and maybe you can formulate from here who might be a possible assassin aboard the ship, or who might be posing within one of these groups as an assassin. Hatnick says that hopefully this helps you within your investigation. However, he knows that a tour of the ship will hopefully create a better understanding of the dangers that might possibly be posed later on in this journey. Right. So Hatnick takes you out, and we're just going to kind of take this room by room. So the first place he takes you is the uh, the galley and the dining hall. So this is actually two different rooms, the first of which looks like the guest dining hall. It is a long table that looks as if it could seat 25 people. However, the chairs are spread out a little bit further, giving people more ample room. He explains that this is where you would be seated later on when you dine with us. Uh, for three meals a day, breakfast, afternoon meal, and dinner. Back here is the galley, and he takes you actually to the back, where there are a few servants mulling around, seemingly prepping food for the next meal, which will be dinner. is the first meal served aboard the ship. And you see a dwarven chef barking orders. Hatnick takes you over to him and introduces you to him. He says, uh, Melna, Sir Dwarf, why don't you stop what you're stirring there, and why don't you come over and meet our esteemed guests? I'm sure you've heard of Sir Frederick Wellesley and his company. Uh, they are here today as guests alone. They hope to uh, enjoy the travel as the other guests do back to Egelfia. And the dwarf looks at you roughly and says, I hope you enjoy a good stew. Of course, always. I am looking forward to it. It'll be the best damn stew you've ever had. It'll put your mother's stew to shame, I promise you that. Adam didn't seem like he's paying attention. He's sort of scanning the the area for information. Okay, yeah, you can make an investigation check if you'd like. Uh, just don't forget that you have to make that a disadvantage. Right. It's either eight. Kind of like in between um, social interactions, uh, Sir Frederick Wellesley is also scanning the area for anything sure. suspicious looking. Yeah, that's fine. You can do that. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, Hatnick gives you plenty of time to do this. This is just, you know, you're discussing. Um, please go ahead and make that roll, and then you guys can let me know what you got. 13 for me. 
Okay, so Adam got a 13. And I didn't do much better. 14. So with a 13 and 14, you both kind of get the same sort of gist of this place. Uh, it seems like the galley is quite small, um, and you do notice that there are vents within here, uh, as you see these as possible access points within the room. However, when you look at them closely, you realize that there's no way that a normal-sized human could fit through them. Um, you would guess it would be maybe a small child, age five, could fit through there, but... Or, or perhaps half-length-sized. Half-length-sized, you even think, might be a bit too large. Uh, gnomes, maybe, might be able to squeeze uh-huh. through there, but <laughs> halflings, not quite. Might be a little bit difficult. It'd have to be a very small halfling for them to fit through there. You also notice that there are heating elements within here uh, for heating the food, obviously. Uh, and there are very large canisters that Hatnick explains are gas that is used, uh, that is burned to heat the fuel so that it doesn't cause as much of a large fire as, say, burning coal or even just wood to cook the food aboard the ship. It's just a safer means of cooking. Um, however, you do notice that these are metal canisters. Uh, and you do consider that these might be a source of explosives in the future. Raislin's just going to walk us through. So here's all the shit that could go wrong in this <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, that's what you guys are doing right now, right? It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> here's all the dangerous shit. This ship, this ship would never have passed inspection, but... Here's not. I'm just kidding. No, they they explain that there are safety measures in place. However, if someone was to place <laughs> explosives near to this, mm-hmm. that'd be very very bad. Yep. Understood. Yep. So vulnerable vulnerable to terrorism. Yeah. Gotcha. You notice you kind of do a quick once over of the dining hall as well, and you don't notice anything out of the ordinary there. Um, there is a few servants mulling around. They're kind of setting the table for dinner as it's kind of. At this point, it's, we'll say it's almost uh, reaching lunchtime-ish, and they're kind of setting the table. You guys head off again, and Hatnick takes you to the next location. And when you walk in, it's actually quite a nice, small lounge area. Uh, in this lounge area, there is a entire wall with several books on it. And Adam, you look at this, and this is not out, out of the norm for you as you work in the library. So you're actually quite interested to see what books this ship feels is necessary to be aboard their ship of course. Uh, for their guests to read. You, you think this is awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are several lounge chairs uh, arrayed around the room. And um, in addition, there is a bar off to the other wall. When you, when you say like across the, on the other wall, do you mean like, Directly parallel to where the books are? Yeah, we'll say directly um, opposite the books. On the other wall, there is a bar. Uh, And this bar has a female dragonborn behind it. However, her coloration is quite unusual to you. Uh, She seems to be purple in color. And you see her and you recall never never seeing a purple dragonborn. Uh, but she seems to be cleaning glasses and uh, pulling bottles of liquor and wine out of boxes and setting them up behind the bar, behind a glass cabinet. Can I discern, would she possibly be mixed? Uh, go ahead and make an... Make a history check, please. Can I, can I make a uh, check as well to kind of like, because it seems a little out of the ordinary and sort of suspicious. Yeah, you can make a history check. That's fine with me. Okay. I rolled a nat 18, so I got 21 total. Nice. Okay. (laughs) I rolled a natural 20. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So I'll just give you guys both the same information. When you look at her, uh, you do know, especially Adam, you've read about this in books. uh, And for you, Dirk, uh, or Sir Frederick, this is more of an instinctual, like, you just know this for some reason. You're not really sure why, but you just do. Um, but for Adam, it's more of a situation where you look at her and you can tell you've read about how certain chromatic 
dragonborn, when they breed together, often what will happen is the more dominant dragon color will show through. So what normally happens is if a red and blue dragonborn, in this case, were to breed, it would normally produce a blue or red dragonborn. However, this is not always the case. Sometimes there is a blend of it. But normally in this case, there is a much muter color. And now that you think about it, you think that this might be the case with uh, Hatnik. As I've mentioned several times, he's a pale dragonborn. So you might think that he is primarily a blue dragonborn with maybe some white dragonborn heritage in the past. So you could guess that his parents are both a white and blue dragonborn. Okay. The other thing here, though, that you note is she is almost a pure purple. And both of you have read in the past, or just have knowledge of, the fact that purple dragons used to be a thing. They used to exist long, long ago, immediately after the War of the Dragons happened. Hmm. And they disappear. The remnants of their god, no one knows what happened to them. It's quite unsettling, actually. But apparently, some purple dragonborn do still exist in the world. You just never thought it was possible. Now, are mixed are mixed dragonborn types pretty common? Uh, yeah, they're, they're fairly common. So normally, it's just, we'll say... 25% of the population that have mixed heritage have coloration that shows said mixed heritage. Normally what happens with mixed heritage is that the genes pick one or the other as a dominant gene and the other one does not show through. Dragon heredity 101. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love it. Yep. So, uh, she uh, she waves at you as you come in. And she says, Hatnik, are these guests, do they need drinks here? And he explains, oh, no, no. Uh, this is Sir Frederick Wellesley and his, uh, his companion. Was your name uh, Bertram? As he points to you, Adam. No, I'm afraid you've mixed us. My name is Adam. Oh, I apologize. Uh, so your name is Adam, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, uh, Adam and Sir Frederick, this is uh, Jessiesa. She is our bartender aboard the ship, and trust me when I say she makes a mean, mean fire martini. Interesting. I may have to visit and partake. I can whip you on right up right now. Very well. I... I can have one. Okay. So she turns around and she grabs a few bottles and a small martini glass and sets them down. And she is pouring them quite showingly. And after she's done, she snaps her fingers over it. And in doing so, it ignites this purple flame above it. And immediately after that, she takes a pinch from a jar and sprinkles it on there. And the purple flame turns from purple to blue to red and then from there it disappears and she passes the drink to you that was quite impressive thank you ma'am and you drink it and it is quite delicious it's not sweet but it's also not too pungent with the alcohol in it. and it, it tastes warm but it's almost soothing in its warm taste to you Okay. Did she just pour one, or did she pour one for both of us? No, she just poured one. You're just okay, you're okay. just and company, so yeah, that's fair. fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And after you have a quick look around the room, we'll stick with your previous uh, investigation checks that you rolled. You don't find anything of note, uh, Adam. You note a few books on the shelf that you think might be worth your reading later, as this is you expect to be a decently long trip so might as well come back here and check it out you know if you have any leisure time okay but from there you really don't expect any sort of intrusionary as there's no points of entry even behind the bar uh jessiesa gets back to her bar from the lounge itself and that's about it 
Uh, you do notice the same sort of vents that you saw in the kitchen. It seems like these are normal throughout the ship, uh, and this is more to keep the ship at a normal temperature and normal pressure, you would guess, uh, as Hatnick Hat- Hat- explains, um, while you are high in the air. Hatnick leads you from here. He takes you to the bridge. Uh, and when he gets there, he explains to you that when you enter, you are not to touch anything, as this is very sensitive equipment. However, I will let you come in and look at it to see what's going on, or at least hopefully try and understand. So he opens the door, and you see a sailor uh, standing at a wheel, and to each side of him there are several levers. Uh, This is a human man. Uh, You've never met him, but he is just kind of standing there at attention. He turns looks at Hatnick, and raises his hand up to his head instantly. Says, Jax, reporting for duty, sir. And Hatnick says, at ease, sir. At your post. And he turns around and kind of keeps looking out the window, kind of very stiffly. Um, The ship is not moving at this time, but he is still waiting at his post, diligent. Um, And then you see off to one side... There are several maps arrayed upon a table. And standing by them, there is a red dragon. He is a male. And Hatnik introduces you to them. And this is, gentlemen, this is Sval. He is our navigator aboard the ship. His job, we could say, is quite easy, actually. Uh, We kind of know how this trip is going to go as we have flown it. Oh, dozens of times at this point. He's more here if storms get in our way, so he gets the lax job. Ah, don't be rude, Hatnick, come on. I'm just here because I'm supposed to be here, you know? I stay on duty when you're off sleeping, come on. I only kid, Sval. Calm down, calm down. Be nice in front of the guests. Ah, you taking him on one of your tours again? I thought the captain told you to stop taking him into the cockpit. Come on. Well, this is a very special individual. This is Sir Frederick Wellesley and uh, his companion Adam, was it? Uh, They're here just kind of looking around. This is a gift from the city of Agelfia for them to be traveling aboard here. Ah, well, as long as they behave, better not be here long captain's going to come in and want us to report to him soon, so might want to get out of our way soon. So you see, it's kind of a domed room, and this is the only place where you've seen a window out of this place. And it sits right at the bow of the ship. But it's kind of raised above slightly the rest of the ship. And there's almost this entirely circular window that goes all the way around the outside of this room. Uh, it's It starts at about, we'll say chest level and goes up maybe a couple feet above your head and this allows them to see everything outside the ship and react to what's going on because as i noted this is a completely covered airship right so they seem to be just kind of be chilling here and uh if you'd like go ahead and make another investigation check for me both of you oh hell yeah hell yeah at disadvantage yep either got a nine or two well, that's going to be nine total. Oh, oh, yeah, no. Either way, you catch nothing. Uh, Dirk, what'd you get? 15 plus six, so that's 21. Okay, Dirk, you notice that on both ends, uh, both one facing towards the stern and one facing towards the bow of the ship, there are these large, what you would assume to be cannons, as you have seen something similar to them on sailing vessels. However... There seems to be some sort of arcane energy around them. Uh, there's one facing forward and one facing back. So you notice these. These seem to be some sort of self-defense that's aboard the ship. Okay. All right. Uh, from there, Hatnick kind of ushers you out from what you've seen and kind of sends you back down directly from the cockpit or helm, bridge, whatever you want to call it, uh, he takes you directly down the stairs to the engine. 
and when you come to it, it's actually quite quiet in here. You can hear a slight humming, but it's it's still nice and quiet in here. And you see three gnomes sitting at a table playing cards off to one side. Hatnick comes down and says, Oh, you guys are back here again playing cards? What? What is this for? You're supposed to be on duty right now. They all three look up at Hatnick and wave their hand at him. Ah. Shh. We're not really on duty, sir. Come on. Eh, we're going to be on 24-7 until this, from when this boat takes off till when it lands. You can at least give us the chance to gamble away our wages. Come on. I'm trying to take this nice lady's money away. Come on. And the one next to him says, Psh, you haven't you haven't won a hand in the last hour and a half. What what makes you think you're going to win any of our money? <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're pretty hot right now. <laughs> he looks at you. You making fun of me, boy? Just because I'm a small doesn't mean I can't kick you in the nuts. Adam's not going to pay attention to him and just look in his book with his charcoal and <laughs> he's just right. Dirk steps in front of Adam and says, please excuse my <laughs> companion. Yeah, that's right, you nerd. He uh, <laughs> needs to work on his manners. You hide in your book. <laughs> but as uh, Sir Frederick looks back to Adam and just kind of gives him a nod to you know, not antagonize anymore. Like, as as soon as you look over to him, Adam's already making like the uh, I know, I know, like <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> like, okay, okay. <laughs> we've like, we've been through this. Adam doesn't have uh, a lot of like mental patience for uh, some people, I suppose. So sometimes he's not very like tactful and how he converses with people. He doesn't get all, he doesn't get all the same social cues. All right, so you're able to uh, discern from this room that uh, the equipment in here is very vital to the running of the ship. If any of this equipment were to fail, there could be a chance of the ship drop literally out of the sky, which is why you assume that these three engineers are on duty 24-7 while the ship is in the air. So they don't normally sleep during that time except maybe one at a time during a very short period of time. Sir Frederick will uh, casually say to them, Well, I understand you can enjoy your time off at the moment, but please be sure that you are paying very close attention this ride on this engine room and all of your equipment, for there is a lot of important guests on this ship. Hey, you... There's always important guests on this ship. <laughs> well, then, you should already be very uh, attuned to all of your equipment equipment, and know it very well. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm keeping real attuned to it. And he leans back in his chair, reaches over, and he turns a little dial, a little bit of steam comes out. He presses a button, he's like, oh, there you go, all set for you. Specially ready for just you. <laughs> and then he rolls back over and plays down his hand. He's like, God damn it, I lost again. <laughs> I love I love these characters because they're like the classic, like, I don't, like, I pretend to give a fuck for my boss, but I don't give a fuck, kind of. Yeah. That's, that's like the vibe I'm getting. No. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what they it. are. They only give a fuck when they have to give a fuck. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, uh, Sir Frederick will give uh, Hatnick a look of just like, these guys better be paying attention to this shit and you better be on them he, he, during this trip. He kind of, when, when you give him that look, he just kind of holds up his hand like, chill the fuck out. Trust me. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Uh, from there, he kind of leads you out of the engine room, and he takes you down the hall. Uh, he kind of shows you where each of the different crew quarters are, so you know where they are on the ship. Um, 
So in the future, we'll just bring that up as needed. Uh, and then from there, he kind of shows you where the where the guest quarters are as well. Uh, this should complete our tour of the ship. I hope you have enjoyed this rather lengthy tour of our ship, but I can assure you that the IHA Silver Sail is ship-shape and ready to fly. I have no doubts. Well, I hope I will see you at dinner tonight. Uh, I must go as I need to greet the last uh, few guests that haven't arrived. Thank you for your time, and uh, please remember that uh, this is a very delicate trip, so I need you to be on your toes. Will do. Adam, as he's staring down into his journal, is going to look up at our guy. I'm going to need for just... Well, unfortunately, I do not have that time right now, but I can set that time aside for you here in the future. Uh, I need to greet the guests uh, after dinner tonight, maybe? Sir Frederick will also ask him, and sometime perhaps by dinner, could you give us a list of any crew members who are relatively new to the ship within, within the few months? We can go over crew manifest later. I appreciate that. Uh, but no, almost everyone here has been here since uh, the ship set sail for the first time, so. Almost? Almost, yes. I mean, we of course have a few that, uh, we had a few retirements last year, so. But everyone who is aboard the ship has sailed with us for at least nine months, if not longer. Okay. So I will leave you here, and I must return to my duties. And he closes the door behind him. And you are left in your room. And I believe this is where we're going to leave you for today. Nice. All right. Dirk, I like how you think, man. That's I was literally going to start delving into that with him. If I could like be like, who has newly come on this ship? Who like who do you trust? Who do you don't? Fuck. This is so good. I love it. I want to thank you all for listening to episode 5 of Dice Heist. We hope you enjoyed this production, and we look forward to you coming back for more. Our next episode will be released on Sunday, April 11th. I want to thank my three players, co-hosts, and partners, Aaron, Bronson, and Nick, for helping me bring this dream together. I want to give a special thanks to Nick for letting us use his song, Something For Now, for our intro and outro. And, of course, I'd like to thank BattleBards.com for the help improving the show. Lastly, I'd like to thank my wife, Erica, for helping write our show notes. I also want to take a moment to ask you guys for some help with the show. Currently, I'm working on getting all of my notes together for the city of Agelfia in preparation for the next arc in the campaign. I want to ask you, the listeners, to send us some suggestions for gadgets and gear you want to be available to the guys via Twitter, Facebook, or even our email. As a warning, I may need to make a few edits to the items so that they don't break the game. But I will of course give you a shout out in the episode the items are introduced. This will be a huge help to me and it will help to improve the show altogether. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist and on Facebook at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at DiceHeistPodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, like, share, and follow our giveaway posts on both Twitter and Facebook so you have a chance to win some cool stuff. I think that's all for now. Stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist.